0: You're listening to Do We Like Murder, a segment of the Long Overdue Podcast brought to you by the Decatur Public Library in Decatur, Texas. So it's me, Denise, doing the intro because Chris is no longer here. Sadly, we miss Chris and his intro. Yes. Okay. And uh, Brandon, who is here, does not want to do the intro. We'll get you sooner or later. Yeah. That's fine. Okay. (laughs) Yeah.
1: You'll just, we'll sneak it in there and you just won't even know. Next thing you know, you'll be going, do we like murder? (laughs) Murder. You're going to go home and practice that in the mirror.
0: (laughs) Listen to some death metal and you'll be there. You'll get there.
1: Okay. So, uh, what do you have today?
0: I have a very disturbing, uh... Child murderer case from Japan, which Interesting. Uh, Chris was actually the one that told me about it. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> uh, his name is Tsutomu Miyazaki, and they call him the otaku murderer. Okay. What about you? What you got?
1: I have one that's a little closer to home. It happened in Fort Worth. So... At the Bridgley Mall. Ooh. Kind of. The bowling alley that was over there. (laughs) (laughs) I guess it's close enough. I'm not really familiar with that area to know one way or the other.
0: But. Was it recent? Is it not recent? It was
1: not recent. It was 1974.
0: So that area is probably very different by now.
1: Oh yeah. Very different. I'm sure.
0: Yeah. There's probably not even a bowling alley there anymore. That's true. That's really true.
1: Um, it'd be interesting to research. I guess I should have looked into that a little more. All right, so who's going to go first? Mine's not, mine's not a child murder, but it's a teen murder. Mm-hmm. It's close enough.
0: Yeah. I will be glossing over a lot of what's going, what happened then um, because it is kind of disturbing. Okay. Um, and so a lot of it is pretty disturbing so I probably will not be going into a lot of detail of what happened to these children okay so mine's from the 80s yours was from the 70s yeah not too different Mm -hmm. but yours is like in a completely different country I'd be
1: very interested to see how different it was over there
0: um there was definitely some things that I was like what oh (laughs) His trial took seven years. Okay, um, and that's
1: a, that seems kind of weird to be in a foreign country for it to take that long. Yeah, I would I would feel like it's like you're guilty. We're gonna chop your hands off. I don't know. <laughs> Stand in a circle and we're going to stone you. I don't know.
0: Mike, if you're, if you're going to make no, comments, I, even uh, even the my goodness,
2: yeah, yes. I'll make a comment on the mic. I apologize. Yes. I just,
0: we we just, need all of those.
2: Yeah. I just had it away from me and I was didn't think I would make a comment.
0: See? <laughs> I know if it sneaks up on we'll you. We'll say something and you'll be like, what? <laughs> okay. So. <clears throat> okay. Well, I guess I'll go.
1: Sounds good. We're very intrigued now.
0: So he was called the otaku murderer and um, otaku for those who do not know what otaku means it is so the definition of otaku is a person having an intense or obsessive interest especially in the fields of anime and manga so basically a very uh, nerdy nerd that likes anime and manga interesting so that's what language is that?
1: Japanese. So that's the Japanese word for nerd.
0: The, yeah, the slang. Manga yeah. nerd. Yeah. Okay.
1: And what is it again? Otaku. Otaku. Okay.
0: So he was called the Otaku murderer at first when... So, okay, let me just start over by saying that he killed four little girls between okay. 1988 and 1989. So, before they found out who he was or arrested him, he was just the little girl murderer. Oh. Um, so, a little about him. He was a preemie, and he had a birth defect that rendered him unable to bend his wrist completely. Um, I'm going to show you a picture of his hands. Uh-huh. You all need to look up a picture of his hands, because they are bizarre. Like, really? they look creepy. AF.
1: (laughs) Okay, but do you have a picture of them? Oh my gosh! Those are really creepy. And they don't match that person that's there.
0: That's Mm -hmm. really weird. It's his hands. He looks like... So he had this deformity in his hands. Okay, it looks
1: like a vampire hand. Yes.
0: I mean, for lack of a better description. He was was called um, Little Girl Murderer, Dracula, and then eventually the Otaku Murderer. Okay. So, probably because of his hands, but also because of something else. Okay. Later on, he was called Dracula. Um, but yeah, so he had this deformity in his hands, which made him very much an outcast and a loner. People, you know, Mm -hmm. kids bullied him. He didn't have any friends. And so he just kind of read a lot and was into comics and manga and so on. Mm -hmm. Um, he was actually a really good student, um... It seemed like he was probably going to, you know, achieve what he wanted to do, which was go to college, get an English degree, become a teacher, Hmm. Um, and he was in the top 10 percentile of his class up until he got into high school, Mm -hmm. where he did really well for like the first three years, and that last year, he was just like, I don't want to do this anymore, and so we went from the top 10 to the 40th student in his class of 56. Wow. Yeah, so he couldn't. Okay. So he ended up in a junior college, okay. and became a photo technician. So that's what he did in junior college. Was he became a photo technician, and he ended up working at a printing plant owned by an acquaintance of his father. Mm-hmm. Um, his family was very well off. His uh, father owned a newspaper mm-hmm. there in the area. Was very well known as being a very kind and considerate man, but he, you know. They had a lot of influence because of the newspaper. Um, He didn't really get along with anybody in his family except for his grandfather. His grandfather was really the only one that took any interest in him. Mm -hmm. He had three sisters and his parents. And they just didn't really... The father absolutely at some point just stopped caring. That's sad. Yeah. Okay. Um, But his grandfather was the one that really cared about him and cared Mm -hmm. for him. And it seems like he didn't have really any close friends or anything of the sort. Mm-hmm. Um, what seemed to have triggered all of this was when his grandfather died in May of 1988. Okay. And it was three months before the first murder. That seems like, yeah. Yeah, like that, it, it
1: that. It affected him a lot, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, he avoided women his own age. Yeah. Um, because, let's see, it says... He here, avoided them,
1: or did he, they avoid him?
0: Well, it says that he avoided women his own age, perhaps because he was physically immature, and to quote a high school classmate of his, his penis is no thicker than a pencil and no longer than a toothpick. Oh, my gosh.
2: Whoa.
0: <laughs> so... Okay. I'm going to guess that um, maybe everybody avoided each other. <laughs> Just the... Right.
1: Well, and maybe there were other deformities other than his hands, Mm -hmm. it sounds like.
0: Okay. Yeah. So he... um, Let's see. He did a lot of um, gross stuff. Like he would use his video cameras at tennis courts to take shots of the female players. Excuse me? Okay, Uh stop. Say that again. (laughs) He would use video cameras... At the okay. tennis courts to take crotch shots of female players. How? How would that happen? Uh, it depends on where you put them, the cameras, because you can get small cameras and put them and do upskirt shots. In 1988. Uh, no, that's true. It is 1988. Maybe he was just sitting in the bleachers taking close-up shots of.
1: Yeah, I, I'm just not even seeing a. A way that you could be hitting a tennis ball mm-hmm. and get that picture without well placement.
0: Yeah, but those tennis skirts, man. Well, that's true. <laughs> so he could have just been sitting in the bleachers, very uh, focused. Um, let's see. He soon tired of adult porn magazines. According to him, they black out the most important part. So by 1984, he turned to child porn. Now this is what's really weird about japan um the child porn shows everything since obscenity laws ban the showing of pubic hair not sex organs oh (laughs) is that still the case i don't know i didn't look into that but in 1988 like that was the ban was pubic hair so how old was he at this time at this time he was 26
1: oh he's okay
0: so, how did they find out, like, the photos and stuff? When they arrested him, uh-huh. they found a bunch of stuff. I believe the number was somewhere in the 5,000s <gasps> of videos, pictures. Oh, my word. Yeah. Okay. So, he kept a lot of stuff at home. Let's see. Where was I? Okay. So, his grandfather died and about three months after that. He committed his first murder. Um, so his grandfather died in May of 1988. And his grandfather had been really the only adult relationship that he had that was good. Mm-hmm. And the death pretty much marked when he just kind of lost lost it. Um, he said that he even ate some of his grandfather's cremated bones. Oh my god. To be close to him. <sighs> mm-hmm.
1: Okay, so he went off the deep end even deeper than he already was because mm-hmm. he was already a little crazy.
0: Yep. After his grandfather's demise... Um, demise? Was there some kind of thing that happened? Well, that's just what it says. Demise. Demise! That's such a strong word then. <laughs> I mean, he, he died. Right?
1: <laughs> it makes me think that something happened that he didn't just die. He had a little help.
0: Yeah, possibly. Kay. Possibly. Uh, suicide kind of Runs a little bit here in the family. Oh. But it didn't say one way or the other. Okay. That's just me speculating. Let's see. So, um, after his grandfather died, he was caught peeking on his little sister while she was taking a bath. When she yelled at him, he burst in and smashed her head against the bathtub what Mm -hmm. uh later when his mother suggested he spend more time at work and less with his videos he exploded and beat her and no police no nothing was done about this this was you know okay cool do they
1: not report that stuff or didn't they report stuff like that over there was it like a an honor thing like a cultural thing yeah it might
0: be it might be
1: 'Cause I know some cultures because of male dominance, mm-hmm. that's okay okay, yeah. whatever. Right. In the you know. society and yeah.
0: Not necessarily against the law. Right. Yeah. Especially in the eighties. Right. Okay. So let's see. But
1: his sister didn't die. Mm mm. Did she have any damage?
0: It didn't say. Hmm i have so many questions i know right <laughs> so much so much coming on i don't think i don't think she did okay just from what i did read it seemed like the two younger sisters were repulsed by him mm-hmm. his older sister was the one he had a like a closer relationship to but mm-hmm. wasn't still like they were close yeah like, he probably just didn't
1: you know bother her yeah got it okay
0: Later on, Miyazaki explains that he felt all alone. And whenever whenever I saw a little girl playing on her own, it was almost like seeing myself.
1: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Sorry, that was my finger going in my, yeah, in my mouth. Yeah, making
0: the gagging noises. Sometimes <laughs> I really wish
1: we had a, a video.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay, so the first victim was Marie Kono. She was four years old.
3: Oh,
0: yep. And then there was Masami Yoshizawa. She was seven. Erica Namba was four, and Ayaku Nomoto was five. So I've got a little bit more about Marie because there was a, those stuff. Okay. So on August of. August 22nd of 1988, Marie Kono left her house in Saitama. The four-year-old was walking to a friend's house to play. Okay. Uh, she left around 3 o'clock in the afternoon. As she made her, w- her way across the apartment complex, she was approached by a man. And he asked her if she wanted to go somewhere cool. And she agreed and took his hand and climbed into his car. Um, at 6.23 in the afternoon... Shigio Kono, distraught because his daughter had not returned home, called the police to report report her missing. Mm -hmm. Um, Everybody in Marie Kono's village learned of her disappearance. The police drove around the streets, admonishing parents over their loudspeakers to keep their children inside at all times. 50,000 posters with Marie's image were hung in train stations, bus stops across Japan. The police canvassed the area surrounding Marie's house questioning the neighbors two boys and a housewife reported seeing marie with a stranger they described a pudgy man in his late 30s with curly hair now, not
1: what he looked like at all
0: um well he kind of not curly hair but even like in high school photos which i, I only brought the one uh-huh. he looks like a 30 year old man <laughs> interesting I like i was like this is his high school picture yeah. I'm like i mean he looks like a 30 year old man <laughs> at all times <laughs> i'm like <laughs> okay. Um, let's see. The Konas began to receive strange telephone calls. That would ring. If they did not answer, then the phone would just keep ringing until, until they answered. Um, when they would answer, the other person would just hang up. But it was a constant. Okay. Uh, let's see. Days after Marie was abducted, they received a note reading, There are devils about the police dismissed it as a cruel joke. After four weeks, the case went cold. They hadn't found a body. There was no communication from the kidnapper. In September, the kindergarten that Marie was supposed to go to attended, like, started without her. Mm. So, on February 6th of 1989, Shigeo Kono found a box on his doorstep and called the police. Inside the box were ashes, bits of bone, photos of a child's clothing, and 10 tiny teeth. A letter inside read, Marie, period. Bones, cremated, investigate, prove. He was challenging them. Yep. Uh, Dr. Kazuo Suzuki of Tokyo Dental University first reported that the teeth were not Marie's. Okay. Um, A letter was sent to the Konos and Asashi Shimbun a Nosaku newspaper. It contained a photograph of Marie and a confession. So this doctor said it wasn't her teeth. Mm -hmm. And then another letter came that went to the parents and to the newspaper. I put the cardboard box with Marie's remains in it in front of her home. I did everything from the start of the Marie incident to the finish. I saw the police press conference where they said the remains were not Marie's. On camera, her mother said the report gave her new hope that Marie might still be alive. I knew then that I had to write this confession so Marie's mother would not continue to hope in vain. I say again, the remains are Marie's. Signed, Yuko Imada. The pseudonym, Yuko Imada, is a pun on the Japanese for now I'll tell. The box and the confession told more than they were supposed to. The camera used to take the photograph was a mamiya 6 by 7 the type often used by printing shops. The box was the double-walled corrugated sword used to ship cameras. The killer might be working in a print shop. After the Kona's return from their daughter's funeral, they received another letter. While the first was purported to be an act of kindness, this was not. Like, the first one was like, I'm, you know, she said she had hope. I don't want her to have hope. Mm-hmm. Um... And he proceeds in this letter to describe what it was like for her to go into rigor mortis and to start decaying.
1: Oh. Um. Why would he feel the need to be so unkind, so mm-hmm. in your face about it? Yeah. Um.
0: So there were bones in the box, and I guess they somehow figured out that her hands and feet were not with the remains, that he had chopped off her hands and her feet. Mm-hmm. And her father at the funeral for his daughter said, her hands and feet didn't seem to be with remains. When she gets to heaven, she won't be able to walk or eat. Please return the rest of her remains. That's so sad. Yeah. So that was Marie. That was the first one. Okay. Brandon is
1: clearly disturbed. <laughs> Do you? Are you okay with listening to the rest of our our conversation?
2: <laughs> uh, I did not know what to expect uh, for Dewey. So yeah. This is um, this is just new waters, I guess. Okay.
1: <laughs> if you if you're like uncomfortable or something, you can tell us. And,
2: well. Um, It's not, none of this stuff is comforting per se. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's not that I'm uncomfortable. It's just, I don't think anybody, um, is, uh, would be too happy to hear any of these facts.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. This isn't your typical conversation either. Uh, Yeah. This (laughs) is, this is, uh,
2: this is like a tell all about a murder from a long time ago.
0: Yeah. But, you
1: know, the interesting thing is, is that this is the segment that gets the most listens.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, a popular
1: one. And true crime is also really big in mm-hmm. not just here, but a lot of other podcasts and... All over the world. Yeah. So... I... If I... I, I, I understand if it's, it's disturbing. Yeah. It is disturbing. Sorry. <laughs> I don't want to traumatize you, Brandon. (laughs) Um,
2: This isn't traumatizing. Okay. uh, A bit more of an angle than I expected, but it's not particularly traumatizing.
0: Okay. So his second victim, Masami Yoshizawa, on October 3rd of 1988 in Hano Satama, seven-year-old Masami... Yoshisawa was walking along the road. She climbed into a stranger's car and was never seen again. Masami's disappearance led the police to paper the area with posters and organize extensive search parties. The police suspected a connection between this case and that of Marie's, uh, but without any leads, it was filed under missing person.
1: Okay, so you may be getting to this, but I'm very curious if he lived in the area where the girls were walking around or if he, he was in a different lived, area
0: um in let's see then Aki Kawa Shimbun um I don't know if it was nearby but he did have a car so okay. he he drove a lot of the times from what it seems like he was just kind of driving around and sometimes he would see a little little girl by herself and so on.
1: So I know things have changed since the 80s. And I know as an 80s child that I was told over and over again, do not talk to strangers and do not get into a stranger's vehicle, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And this is why, and if you haven't been telling your children that, you need to tell your children <laughs> at four years oh, old. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, I think things have definitely changed. And I mean, I'm not sure about Japan, but at least here, Mm -hmm. we don't let four-year-olds just go wandering around by themselves. No, that's very true. (laughs) Yeah. At least you shouldn't. Don't let your four-year-old wander (laughs) around by themselves. (laughs) Just just, Let's not do that. Okay. So third victim, Erica Namba. On December 12th of 1988, two men came upon a sedan stuck in a gutter on the side of the road, its hazard lights flashing. The driver was nowhere to be seen. A few minutes later, a man emerged from the surrounding woods carrying a sheet. He opened the trunk, put the sheet away, and explained he had gotten himself stuck, turning a corner. They lifted him out of the rut, and he sped away without thanking them. Just (laughs) the Hindsight. Some guy comes out of the woods carrying a sheet. Right. Um, That's not suspicious at all. <laughs> not at all. No. And we're Puts just it in the trunk. It. Yeah. <laughs> You're just like, here, buddy, let me help you out of this ditch. It's cool. No worries. I, I don't need to know what was in that sheet or what you just put in your trunk, but I'm going to help you out. Yeah. Don't do that. Call the police. That night, four year old Eric Anaba was reported missing. The police set up a task force to solve the three missing persons case. Cases, it was now official, someone was abducting little girls in the Saitama in Saitama. A few days later, a worker at the Naguri Youth Nature House found some of Erica's clothes in the nearby woods. The police focused their efforts on that area. They soon found Erica Namba's corpse. Her hands and feet were tied with nylon rope. Like the Konos, the Nambas were bothered by strange phone calls. A few days after Erica's death, Shinichi Namba received a letter. Um, It was a photocopy sheet of words taken from magazines and enlarged to hide their origin. It read, Erica, cold, cough, throat, rest, death. So that was victim number three. Three. Ayaku Namoto was the fourth victim. And on June 6th of 1989, she was five years old. And she climbed into the car of a stranger mm-hmm. who told her he wanted to take photos of her. A week later, a torso was found in Hanu's Miyazakawa Co Cemetery. Um, the blood type and chest size matched Ayoko's. Mm-hmm. The stomach contents also matched her last meal. Um, from what he said later on, she had commented on his deformed hands and he became enraged. Um, He kept her body for two days before dumping her in the cemetery.
1: It's interesting how he burned the first one and did different things Mm -hmm. to the others. Okay.
0: By this time, the newspapers had dubbed Yokoyimata the little girl murderer. Um, Let's see. So the witnesses that helped him out of the ditch incorrectly identified the make of the sedan. (sighs) Uh, The police had not found anything. In their canvassing of print shops, uh, the killer was becoming more reckless and unstable. And he would eventually make a mistake. Mm-hmm. But so far, the police no had idea. nothing. Okay. Um, July 23rd of 1989, Miyazaki, Miyazaki spotted two sisters playing in their yard. And he managed to separate the youngest one from the older sister and dragged her into his car. Mm-hmm. The older sister ran to get her father, Good who part. arrived to find Miyazaki taking photos of his daughter in the car. I'm not going to get too detailed on that. Okay. Um, Good. But the father absolutely had every right to be beating the crap out of Miyazaki. Okay. Pulled him out of the car and attacked him and got his daughter out of the car. Um, but Miyazaki fled on foot and got away. Except that he decided later on in the evening to come back for his car, where police was waiting for him. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I was like, leave the car, dude. <laughs> Stupid But criminals. no. No, he went back. Well, I mean, at this point, you can find out everything about you from your car. Well, that's true. <laughs> so. Even in the 80s? Probably. Yeah. Got to register it somewhere. Yeah. So, they caught him, um... They charged him with forcing a minor to commit indecent acts, but they were sure that they had found their serial killer. Mm -hmm. He eventually confessed to all four deaths. Um, Police found Marie Kono's hands and feet stored in his house. He had strangled each of the little girls, taken pictures of Ayaku Nomoto, um, and sexually abused their corpses. Uh, That's really all I'm going to get into about that. He also had eaten portions of his last two victims. Which is also why they called him the Dracula. Got it. So the police searched his two-room bungalow and turned up a collection of 5,763 videotapes. Some containing pornographic anime and slasher films in his apartment. Um, They also had content where video footage and pictures of his victims. Keep in mind... That they were already dead. So, not all of those, of course, were porn and what he was doing with mm-hmm. with the, his victims. A lot of them were just regular old anime. Mm-hmm. So, but there was a lot. Like Five had, thousand. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He had a lot, um, which is why then he was dubbed the otaku murderer okay um and for a little bit there it seemed like they were trying to pin all of his depravity on him watching anime and reading manga yeah
1: let's just say that's not
0: yes everybody (laughs) (laughs) well i don't really think that that had much to do with it he was just all alone Mm -hmm. and didn't have friends yeah See, He was found mentally fit to stand trial because he tried to say that he was not mentally well, Mm -hmm. but they did not fall for that. He was found guilty of killing all four of the girls. Um, His father, who did not pay for his legal defense on the grounds that it would be unfair to the victims, uh, he was completely disowned by his entire family. Um, After the verdict, his father committed suicide. Aww. Let's see. So, throughout the 1990s, he was incarcerated. He went through a series of evaluations through psychiatrists, and they were basically trying to say that he was suffering from multiple personality disorder and extreme schizophrenia. He did not, you know, appreciate the gravity of his crimes, and the court was like, nah. Mm-hmm. And so they sentenced him to death in Japan in the eighties. That was by hanging. Ooh, and so, so it was quick. I mean, like <laughs> when I say quick, no, it this was is like the nineties. Uh, he gets executed. Uh, I still have like three pages here, Don. Oh, <laughs> holy cow! So he was on death row. He tried to get his sentence reduced to life imprisonment. Um. He, so he basically tried to appeal. Mm-hmm. Appeal his death sentence. Um, in 2001, the court, did, again, did not believe his mentally that he was mentally ill and was not responsible for his actions. So the high court in Tokyo ruled that though suffering from a personality disorder, Miyazaki was able to distinguish right from wrong at the time of his crimes. And so they were going to uphold the death sentence. And this was in 2001. Okay. His attorneys were like, eh, we're still going to try to file an appeal on this. So they tried to get another trial. Mm-hmm. So they basically did this for a few more years. In 2005, they had another appellate trial hearing. Mm-hmm. And he was again sentenced to death so the supreme court let's see fine yeah the supreme court finally said that again he was not insane when these things happened when he did this and so they were going to uphold the death penalty Uh, The judge said there was no evidence that he was mentally ill when he killed the girls. And they finally were, like, sentenced him to death. So, that was in 2005. On January 17th of 2006, the Supreme Court uh, upheld the original death sentence. Mm -hmm. And he was put to death in 2008. And yes, he was hanged.
2: Well, it still took a long time.
0: It took a long time. Mm-hmm. A long time.
2: Just for one man.
0: Uh huh. All those appeals, all that. Yeah. All the money. Mm hmm. And all he. Yeah. Was all like. Didn't didn't want to be hanged. I mean, who does? Mm-hmm. But he was trying to get them to do it the American way with a lethal injection. Oh. And they were like, no. <laughs> so 2008 yeah,
1: I so I feel really bad about his dad because it was probably in that culture shameful for the family not just for the person who committed the acts mm-hmm. which is probably why he did that that's really when sad. I think
0: anywhere even here in the United States if someone commits something so heinous like the the whole family is blamed like if you think about school shootings Mm -hmm. you know
1: families are ostracized and Mm -hmm. yeah of course then there's cases like okay here i go again not knowing all the details i know the details i don't know names (laughs) just the the local florida one that just happened um where she was found dead three days later, and then he disappeared. His parents were helping him.
0: Oh, the Gary Petito? See, case. sure, yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what's his name? His last name was Laundry. But in that
1: case, his parents were helping. Mm hmm. So I don't know. That's just.
0: <laughs> you got something to say
2: <laughs> that's just same thing i just said it just took way too long i was I for, mean, yeah how many years was that trial 17 but
0: think about our justice system you the sentenced to the death penalty you're on death row for 20 years mm-hmm.
2: is, it, is the line backed up like that
0: it's- i don't know if it's that
1: part of it is backed up. I think the backup is more the appeals courts. Mm-hmm. And you can't get... you have get to
0: file all your appeals. And when you get the death penalty in many states, you get an automatic appeal. So even if you don't want it, even if you're like, okay, yeah, just end this. You get an automatic appeal. So you end up...
2: Waiting. Mm-hmm.
1: And I know now, with the DNA stuff, it's really a long time before they can get that information back because there's such a backlog. Mm -hmm. Because there's not very many places that do it. So it sounds really simple to check DNA to see if somebody did it or not, but Mm -hmm. it just takes forever. Yeah.
2: So that's why there's always stories about uh, a child growing up to become a cop or detective or something like that in order to free their parent from jail.
0: Well, if we're going to get into mm-hmm. uh, wrongful convictions,
3: because
0: mm. there's a lot of that. I mean, before DNA, mm-hmm. there was a lot of uh, eyewitness testimony being used, and I don't know about y'all, but eyewitness testimony is not good, not accurate at all. Yeah. It's funny, our brain.
1: hmm It is, don't you think? no comment on that one it's just interesting because we all have a different perspective when something happens and we Mm -hmm. all take something different from what we see we should test this (laughs) I mean not like like, experience the same thing yeah not like a crime but then have us like write out what Uh our or record what we thought happened yeah
2: well uh, we probably have to do some sort of like um experiment in parallel that has like the same um like constituent ideas inside mm-hmm. of it. So we'll have to run uh here this is thing one, two and three. And then you you'll wait some odd amount of time and then you'll spit back like okay this was thing one, two and three.
1: So kind of have a a controlled group also
0: and Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's a lot of work.
2: <laughs> there we go.
0: So, I mean I'm just gonna go with anecdotal evidence here. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah. I was I a friend and a friend of mine and I were like at the same the same place hanging out and we both saw the same thing this one woman touching this other lady's hair and the other lady was not cool with it mm-hmm. and then okay we talk about it later all the details are the same except for one thing we were just getting there no we were leaving <laughs> <laughs> no, we were just walking in when we saw No, we saw it when we were leaving. Uh-huh. That's funny. You know, like we saw the same
1: thing. hmm And It's just the timing, which could make or break a case.
0: Yeah. So like Yeah. If that woman has started to throw hands, and we had to like talk to the cops about it Uh uh-huh we were just no 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 we were leaving no we just got here (laughs)
1: like no we were leaving (laughs) which is why they talked to you separately (laughs) yes
0: everything (laughs) otherwise they'll be the same except for we just got here Uh uh-huh no we were walking out when we saw it
1: interesting has that ever been solved (laughs)
0: <laughs> <to> I mean <laughs> they're totally wrong we were getting there. <laughs> we were leaving <laughs> oh that's funny well
1: I'm glad that justice was served eventually I know it took a long time but I'm sorry I cannot unsee those hands Mm-mm. it's very mm. disturbing yeah
2: poor kid to grow up like that
1: mm-hmm and then those little girls i'm sure they were scared to death oh yeah i mean that was a poor choice
0: of words yeah but yes i'm sure they were very frightened and good for that dad yes go out there
2: um and not his father
0: okay. no you, you said <laughs> that and i was
2: just like wait a second <laughs>
0: No, I think that dad could have probably done a lot better.
2: <laughs> I'm I'm sure he blames himself for the way that his son turned out.
0: I'm sure he does. Which is probably, did.
2: probably why he uh, committed suicide.
1: Yeah. Which I think is a, I mean, it's just a horrible thing anyway, but.
2: It's, uh, that's really embedded in their culture, though. It's just sort of shame to the family.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. okay? Yeah.
0: We're starting do we back up with uh, a bang. Uh, yeah. Yes we are. <laughs> now tell me about this uh Fort Worth case from the seventies. So it's very
1: interesting. All this stuff. Okay, so mine is definitely not as long as yours. Mine never is. I, you know, get to the <laughs> cut to the chase, I guess.
0: Yeah, I like to dig in. Yeah. See what I can find and uh I like to have fun quotes about. Yes, you know, that's true. (laughs) I mean, reading the letters, that was
1: pretty interesting stuff. But I think I have something interesting too. Okay. Okay, so this was a murder that happened in 1974. However, it just went to trial in August of 2021. Oh. So this person. Did you have a question
0: already?
2: Uh, just a long time. I'm just going that's gonna be uh, my phrase this episode. I'm, right? yeah. it's gonna a
0: put, long time. I'm gonna put money on that there was DNA that they didn't test until just now that solved the case from nineteen seventy four. Oh. <laughs> tell me if I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're gonna have to sit through the whole thing.
1: So I mean, really, this has happened so recently, a lot of people may have uh, listened to it in the news. Um, The young girl who was murdered, her name was Carla Walker, and um, she was at a dance with her boyfriend, or I think it was her boyfriend, at uh, their high school. It was uh, Valentine's Day. And so they were sitting in, from what I could tell, they were sitting in their car and making out or whatever, the parking lot had emptied, um, kind of sounded like they, they left and came back, um, but they were involved and, and then things started to happen because they weren't aware of their surroundings, mm-hmm. really. So, I actually was able to hear the, uh, the testimony from the boyfriend because he did survive And he was talking about what was happening at the time and she was laying down on the seat with her purse behind her head. I'm assuming in the front seat, but honestly, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, And he was on top of her and then the next thing you know, the door flies open and her head falls back and he kind of falls as well. And then, but he falls like over her Mm -hmm. so that they're kind of both falling out of the car and he gets hit in the head and he doesn't know what hit him he doesn't know how many times he got hit other than he knew he got hit multiple times because he heard um, carla say stop hitting him Mm -hmm. so it he obviously got hit more than once and then blood starts dripping down and so he sits up and carla sits up as well and he is just dazed i mean with Mm -hmm. the pounding on the head you know and the next thing he realizes um he knows what the guy was hitting him with because the guy stuck a gun in the car uh and it was pointed at his forehead. Um, so he knew he had been pistol whipped. Mm-hmm. And he heard the gun click three times. Never went off. Can you believe that?
2: To his face?
1: It, yes, it was pointed to his head.
2: Oh.
1: And I don't know if there were just not bullets in there or if the guy, if the gun um, just didn't, it misfired or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know what happened. Hmm. So he was very lucky. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he, uh, I guess after that happened, he couldn't tell whether or not Carla was still in the car or she would gotten out. He, But the um, perpetrator had pulled her out of the car. And as they were walking away, she turned around and mouthed the words um, for him the boyfriend to call her dad. And I was watching that and I'm like, I almost was in tears. Mm-hmm. It was like it's so sad. Um, okay, so the guy who did it um was actually um a suspect to begin with. Hmm. But they did not have enough evidence. Yeah. And which is interesting because the bullet casings actually matched his gun. But they couldn't... That was not enough. Which is interesting because he clicked it three times. When mm-hmm. did the gun go off? Yeah. Anyway, somehow it matched the gun that he had. But that was
0: not enough uh, information for them so to... Somehow he f- pulled the trigger three times. Casings came out of it. But it didn't actually fire? Is that, I, is that a thing that can actually happen?
2: Um, hmm. Uh, I mean, I know... Blanks can do that, but that would still make a noise. Mm-hmm. Uh, misfires, I but I think the more than just the casing would be there.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I would have to look at it more to see if mm-hmm. there was. But that's something that just came to my mind. It's like, how did they match that up? If, mm-hmm. if it m- misfired or didn't.
2: I'm do not anything? definitely not a weapons expert, so.
1: Well, you're probably just a little bit more um, knowledgeable than Denise and I. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which is okay (laughs) so um so this guy was a suspect and I don't know exactly what happened um for them to start looking at it okay I kind of do give me a second one of my papers here says it So this gentleman's name is Michael, and he works with law enforcement agencies in the U.S. and Canada on unsolved cases, which I think is super cool, Mm -hmm. that benefit from advanced DNA testing methods. So he helps agencies with the cutting-edge DNA sequencing and new forensic techniques to develop uh, leads for their cases. So somehow they got involved. I don't know whether the Fort Worth police or if it was just since it was a cold case, they decided to look into it or what exactly happened. But they were able to get DNA um, from the scene, but then they had to get it from other places to match. So they took stuff out of his trash Mm -hmm. and matched it. And they matched it out of two or three other places, and it all came back positive, positive match. So it just made me think,
0: your trash is not always trash. (laughs) (laughs) Once you put your trash out onto the curb, it is no longer yours. (laughs)
1: Right. So remember, we were talking about a case that that happened that... I think it was one in Wichita Falls where they had to get the guy to drink something and then throw it away mm-hmm. so that it was not in his possession anymore mm-hmm. before they could take it and get the DNA off of
0: it. Yeah, and it's hard to argue that once you've thrown something in the trash, uh-huh. that it, it you had any right of privacy to it, that you expected to keep it, that, you know, it was yours. Like, you threw it in the trash. Especially (laughs) a
1: public trash, you know? But this was his his own personal
0: trash. It was out by the street. Mm -hmm. Ready to be picked up. Yeah. Again, like, if you're expecting the trash man to come collect it and throw it into the truck and take it to the dump, Mm -hmm. can't sit there and argue that you wanted to keep it. (laughs) yes exactly okay
1: so Carla was 17 years old when this happened Um, obviously the um, person she was with at the time uh, was pistol whipped and he survived Uh, it says that she was uh, tortured raped and obviously abducted and killed Um, but the guy who did it Finally confessed to it um, during the trial. He pleaded guilty instead of not guilty. Uh, His name is Glenn McCurley. For some reason, that was hard to say. It sounds made up. (laughs) Glenn McCurley. (laughs) Oh, yeah, when I said that's true. It did seem a little made up. Um, So it was almost 50 years, and he's 78 now. And he was immediately sentenced to life imprisonment for, um, it says, the abduction, torture, rape, and killing of her. And she was found like four days later in um, a ditch or something cul de sac thing. That's not a cul de sac culvert. Mm. Sorry. Uh, Down near Benbrook. Hmm. Um, And so he was saying that he was drunk. And he didn't really know what he was doing. Hmm. Right? But Hmm. I just think, I mean, if they're in a parking lot and he's seeing something going on and if he is in the mood to do something, Mm -hmm. the doors weren't locked.
0: Lock your doors. Your house and your cars. All the time. Also, like... A more secluded area than the parking lot, just really though. <laughs> like, what if
1: he'd have been out in a secluded area?
0: I mean, it either still way, it wouldn't have turned out very well. <laughs> like, either way, still, but parking lot, maybe I'm just fancy. <laughs> <laughs> That can be too I don't, I don't know. Mm-mm. We
1: just like to give our words of warning, you know? <laughs> okay, so, so anyway, so he's convicted. He, you know, um, said that he did it. And I just find it very interesting these pictures that I have of him because, so this is the first picture, um, and this is from the Associated Press from August 24th, 2021. And he looks like a decent person. I mean, respectable. He's cleaned up and all that stuff. And actually, I was reading the stuff about about this, and I felt sorry for him. Mm-hmm. I mean, he wasn't even as bad as your dude, as far as his parents. I mean, I don't know what his his background what was, but I was, was I was like, I kind of feel bad for him. That's. And then I'm thinking, okay, it's been. 46 years you got to live free for 46 years mm-hmm. and now you get to go to jail so that was a lot of freedom that in the prime of his yeah. life that he got to live Yeah, and she didn't but it really changed my mind when I was listening to the boyfriend mm-hmm. give his side of the story but this picture here just sends it all to me like what uh-huh,
0: yeah yeah <laughs> 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 Wasn't expecting it. <laughs> is, is that I like his mugshot or something?
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. that
0: base is very much a. He was definitely not expecting to ever be caught for this. Yeah.
1: It's very much a, a deer in the headlights, like yeah, what is completely. Going
2: on? He just looks completely surprised to be getting his mugshot taken.
1: Yeah what i didn't do anything Mm -hmm. anyway so i guess they talked to him for about an hour before he finally confessed that he did it and so thankfully that's been closed and the family uh you know has found closure to that and they did his uh, carlos sister did make a comment during the trial too that if he had done this to anybody else that he needed to let people know so that other families could have closure as mm-hmm. well. So I, I don't know if he's done that, mm-hmm. but it wouldn't surprise me if there were more. Yeah.
2: Well, he brings a bad name to people who drink.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. Not all people who drink do that. That's very I, true.
0: I don't even think he was drunk. Like, I mean, you didn't drink and... Not just suddenly be like, you know what? You know what I want to do right now? Go torture and rape and kill somebody. Most of the time, it's like, I'm going to take a nap. <laughs> like, this has been a fun, fun evening of drinking. Yeah. I'm going to go take a nap. <laughs>
2: okay. Kick my feet up. It's yeah, been, it's been a good day. <laughs>
1: oh no, there's an empty car over there. I'm gonna go look it out and, and check it out.
0: And then there's people in it. Oh, let me just. You know, I'm gonna come I'm get my gun and do something.
2: Oh, look. No, even that. Even I'm gonna go check out a car, check out that car. This like that's yeah. not that's not what's going through my head when I'm drinking. I'll just I just look over there and be like, oh. There's people in there.
0: What are they doing?
2: (laughs) Find a better place
0: for that, (laughs) y'all. Yeah. Hey,
2: I can see you.
1: (laughs) My mom got so mad at me once. We were driving down the highway. And I just happened to look over, and there was a guy laying on the bed, I think a hotel or something that was right next to the highway. I said, oh, that guy's in bed.
3: <laughs> <laughs> my
1: mom goes, stop.
3: Quit peeping in winter.
1: <laughs> I'm like, what? I mean, yeah, his clothes on?" My <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what are you doing with the blood? I went, dude. <laughs> Wasn't doing anything just to make that clear. It was perfectly innocent. Just yes, the lights were on. It was dark outside, so you could see perfectly. Yeah. Uh, okay, so in this one article, it does say that he fired a shot. Okay, so somehow he he fired he something. Him.
0: which is somehow
1: yeah, and fascinating to so me. Maybe he was drunk, <laughs> <laughs> right? That somebody didn't hear that, but I mm-hmm. guess being maybe late. In the you know middle of the night, people went to bed early in the seventies. Mm-hmm. I mean,
2: you say that, but I, I can't tell you the number of time I heard in um, very nice towns a gunshot being fired, and then me just going,
0: eh. "Oh, yeah."
2: So I I don't know how also, many people do that. Also, this is but,
0: Texas, so yeah, you might just hear a gun and it, it not be. Yeah, I was in South Carolina. be a be the thing. Time, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, you're just like, oh, okay. <laughs> so- so we actually
1: talked about that what the in i, I don't want to say indifference of witnesses or mm-hmm. whatever but but them just blatantly seeing something mm-hmm. yeah. and still not calling yeah
2: yeah the seeing of something and still not like acting on it that that's a bit that's a bit much for me if i see something going on i tend to want to act
1: yeah yes mm-hmm. so obviously nobody Right, no one, if yeah. someone heard
0: the shot, they didn't call
1: yes. the police about it. And the guy who got pistol whipped, he's in the car, I'm sure, completely in shock and freaked out about what has just happened. He does not have a cell phone in 1974. right? So he's got to walk somewhere to find a phone to call mm-hmm. somebody. In the middle of the night,
0: mm-hmm. Um,
1: if he has money on him, great, but... Yeah, he might be able to he find a payphone. M- might not have a dime mm-hmm. to call somebody. Who cares? No, just kidding. <laughs> um. So yeah, it wasn't just as easy as it, mm. it would be now. And who knows if he could even walk straight? Yeah. How long it took them to mm-hmm. to be able to get there? And who knows if he lost consciousness mm-hmm. at some point? That's true. So the, the sad thing is, is that this gentleman, Glenn McCurley, was out there for another 46 years. And mm-hmm. we don't know if he did anything else at this point. Um, but at least he's, he's behind bars now. I'm sure that, I, okay, I can't even say I'm sure that he's not doing anything now. But I'm not sure of that either.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm. Um, but I guess what my point was is that for 40 years, 40 plus years he was walking around Fort Worth Texas
0: hmm. going about his day living his life
1: but who was he watching and did he do it again and you know it's like you don't know who you're walking past
0: mm-hmm. so you just have to be careful And it could also be that this was the only person he killed, not the only person that he raped or tortured that just never went to the police. That's true,
1: because uh, reporting of rapes was not a big thing, because the women get blamed for it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We have no accurate statistics of what is actually reported to the police, because they don't get reported.
1: So... That's just ridiculous.
0: All right, so that's that's what I've got. How long was he sentenced?
1: You know, um, that I don't know.
0: Cause he pled guilty. He did.
1: And so basically, the, you know, obviously they stopped the trial at that time. Right. Because yeah, they didn't he have to. to
0: play to plead guilty, but he had yeah. been sentenced to something. Um, let's see. Yeah, I'm not seeing anything that tells me. Well, and even if he got just the 25. So it says that when he was
1: 77, he was apper. Apprehended by the Fort Worth Police Department and charged with capital murder on the 21st of September, 2020. So he's, it's been a year since. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, and capital murder might be an automatic life sentence.
2: Well, it's better than lowercase murder, right? I don't know what capital murder
1: is. I don't
0: either.
2: That was a terrible joke. Okay,
1: it was a terrible joke because it took me a second to get it. I know.
2: I was, I was looking directly at you when I said it. I was like, wait, no. no. It, it didn't get through, did it? Didn't get through.
1: <laughs> I got there. Trust me. <laughs> so this says that uh, when he was in jail, he was being held on a $500,000 bond.
0: So the penalty for a capital crime in Texas is life imprisonment or the death penalty. I'm going to okay. guess if he got the death penalty, that would have been... Very prominent in any of those. That's true. Uh, So, we got life in prison, but he's also in his 70s. Okay, so. so It would be like five years. Here's some more information.
1: So, it says that he stopped his capital murder trial with a guilty plea. And then prosecutors said they would not seek the death penalty. Hmm. Who admitted that he had killed her, and they played the video for the jurors. So, because probably he was so old, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I don't know if it costs more money to do that versus keep them in jail.
2: Well, um, I mean, then then it just turns into free labor. I think we still do that. So, do they? No. I'm not sure. Or, or do or do we pay them pennies? I no. believe
0: we pay them like a dollar an hour. Mm. Okay.
2: So, slave labor Mm -hmm. of sorts.
0: I mean, it just kind of goes into their books, so they can attempt to buy things at the commissary. But for murder? Do they actually get out in... They don't go anywhere. They do work in prison. You know, back in the day, they used to make license plates? Yes, yes. <laughs> I think they have different tasks now <laughs> than making That's license plates. That's kind of
1: what I'm, I'm yeah. processing through my brain here. Because I know we we toured the Montana prison when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. And they actually had this guy they called Turkey Pete. And they called him Turkey Pete because he um, he was in charge of the flock of turkeys for the mm-hmm. prison. And he ended up selling them <laughs> for like a penny apiece or whatever. To mm-hmm. He got the profit from it. <laughs> yeah, it's
0: funny. And it just goes um, into their, into their books. Yeah, commissary. Though I think it doesn't necessarily go by what they were sentenced for. Mm-hmm. It all has to do with behavior. So if you have good behavior, then they give you things like little jobs, so you can like doing the laundry or working in the library uh-huh. or yeah, okay. And they get paid like a dollar an hour. Mm-hmm. And that money, I mean, it is still free labor because it's going into their books, which is basically like the account system for the prison. Mm-hmm. They can only use it on prison things. Mm-hmm. So, socks. They Robin say
1: yeah. they can only use it for certain things.
0: Well, you use the commissary to buy socks and then you <laughs> trade those socks for... <laughs> homemade wine yeah <laughs> you know i mean it's <laughs> like...
1: right oh it's just fascinating i i'm just thinking that we need to do a podcast with um somebody f- that works at a prison i think that would be fascinating to yeah. just ask all kinds of questions and
0: i want to know what the most creative shiv is that they have found
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i told you guys that i i did Tour the Montana mm-hmm. prison just this, not last summer, not this past summer, the summer before, I think mm-hmm. it was. I, I went again uh, and got to see the, they gave this guy wooden shoes so that he wouldn't run. And they were like 20 pounds. It was ridiculous. Maybe it was concrete. I don't know what it was. <laughs> but they were these thick <laughs> shoes and they did it so that he couldn't run and get away. Maybe he escaped too many times. Could could he
0: not take off the shoes? (laughs) Oh my gosh! Oh my, how did they they keep the shoes on his feet?
1: (laughs) Oh, that's a good question. Maybe they just duct taped it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, well, I'm glad both of these cases ended. Mm-hmm. With good verdicts, I guess, mm-hmm. for the yeah perpetrators. Um,
2: we got to get a cut and dry one in here, uh, to, in order to satiate my appetite for criminals needing punished. Cause y'all y'all come in here with the oh this was back in the eighties and uh, this was back in the seventies and I'm just like where's the one that was so back in the eighties and then it got finished back in the eighties and the Uh-oh. guy yeah, what? was done back
0: oh 80s. yeah yeah
2: like this uh, like oh yeah this this guy murdered got, someone in he got uh, convicted
0: in like the, the early nineties but did not actually get killed until two thousand eight yeah but that's the thing that no matter what we look at. Here, another country, uh, death row takes forever. Takes forever. Which, considering, again, all the wrongful convictions, that's probably not a bad thing.
2: I mean, is rehabilitation so hard?
0: Depends on what you did.
2: Do you think that that guy's, uh, what's his name, that got the death sentence?
0: Sutomo. Miyazaki?
2: Miyazaki. Do you think Miyazaki um, could be...
0: uh, Rehabilitated?
2: Saved, so to speak. No. You think he's too far gone?
0: I think he was, yeah. From a very early age, especially if he had no one except for his grandfather that cared about him.
3: Hmm.
2: Hmm
0: we can sit here and talk all day about nurture and nature
2: I don't know I just have a lot of um, uh, strict points of view on discipline so yeah, so take, taking, a, taking a guy that's been through some stuff um, and then put him in a system where there are people who have been through way more than he's probably ever going to go through uh, and are in charge of him and get them to mold his personality I don't know
0: well, maybe if at an early age he had been sent to military school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know?
2: Well, I mean, even, even at his age now, um, reha- rehabilitation centers aren't like that anyway.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, and I agree. I think that rehabilitation centers are probably a lot different and a lot more um, concerned about mental health and, and those kinds of things than they used to be. Um, but talking about what you were just saying about being put into a system and somewhat forced Mm. Mm
3: -hmm. yeah.
1: I I think that would be with that kind of a personality I think that would backfire and it would cause more um, resentment Mm -hmm. so when you were out on your own you would um, retaliate against authority even I don't Mm. know I'm not a psychologist. I have not read a whole lot on that.
2: Mm, so, yeah, I could see the retaliation against authority, but I could also see the... Um, as as long as, like, the authority was explained mm-hmm. and, and they understood their own position within an authority framework, mm-hmm. then I think it would be easier to... So, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm really keen to think about... Um, structure and and placing a structure on somebody and the, the effect mm-hmm. of that structure. Yeah. So have always having like a, a line of um help for for whenever you need it and or and a list of like standard operating procedures in order to go about that. Mhm. Mm-hmm. So like the structure behind it is really important.
1: I think that that is valuable having the structure. But I think that if you take them out of the structure I don't know. I don't know where
2: Oh, that's one Okay, so now, now we have to change all of America in order to match my, my little, <laughs> <laughs> my little thing I just made up. So no,
1: it's okay. So I guess what I'm saying in in your situation that you had just talked about here, not that it's your situation, but
2: mm-hmm.
0: your scenario.
1: Thank you. That's what I meant. Um, so you put somebody into that structure who has not had the structure to try to force them to have the structure and Mm -hmm. they do they change and they have the structure and they're doing really well Mm -hmm. and then they have to leave because
2: whatever reason we well, we need the space to admit more patients Mm -hmm. so that we can rehabilitate more people
1: exactly Mm -hmm. and so can they keep that structure themselves when they leave that's the part that i would have uh I'm not sure how long they would need that structure to be able to stay, to have that structure as a habit when they got out.
2: Well, so you could make some of the habits, uh, reporting. So reporting habits, habits that you're, you have, you have, to report certain things to, uh, certain pieces of authority. And then when mm-hmm. they go into the civilian world, you have, uh, on the civilian side,
3: mm-hmm.
2: um, people re- ready in, in those positions already, ready to accept the reports,
3: mm-hmm.
2: um, of their behavior and, so on so forth, and then so they can get keep, their, keep tabs on themselves
3: mm-hmm.
2: throughout it. I don't know. I'm just making stuff up as I go along yep. now.
3: <laughs> I, I love that.
1: <laughs> I love having the conversation of, you know, what if? Mm-hmm. So,
0: I mean, it's interesting to think about what could happen. Well, and uh, that's kind of the whole basis of the parole system.
3: Mm,
0: You've behaved mm. well in prison. So for your reward, we're letting you out early. Uh-huh. But you still have to report. You still have to come in. You still have to tell us what you're up to. We still have to know what you're doing. And yet, what happens very often is this one parole officer has 50 people he has to keep track of, can't keep up with 50 people, and now some, like, 10 of them aren't reporting. Yeah. uh,
2: Yeah, I was thinking more of, like, um, a a very diverse, like, hierarchy of, of people. So, like, one person would be in charge of four people, and then you'd have... Uh, two sets of those like for teams and then you'd have one person in charge of both the teams and um, I think that's then kind of then the so on and so forth
0: that's fantastic and I do think I, that that's kind of how the parole <laughs> system was, I think was intended and it's just not the way it, it goes
1: you would have been a great leader in Lord of the Flies
2: oh, I, <laughs> i have no idea i have not read
0: that i mean you you've never read lord of the flies i've
2: never read lord of the flies
0: oh you are missing out
2: Oh, okay. <laughs> very good what
0: happens when you leave a whole bunch of boys on an island by themselves
1: <laughs> what do they do mm. anyway that's the basis of the book yeah
2: I don't know uh, the basis of this all comes down to um the guy didn't have enough self-discipline in order to control his uh, desires to do these really ex- uh so societal extreme mm-hmm. crimes. Mm-hmm. So, um and because he didn't have that that self-discipline, um he ended up in this situation. So Yeah. So it all, it's, it all it all roots down to to discipline to me.
1: Fascinating, this is a much deeper conversation than we than, can have. Than, than we normally I mean, I think, have. yeah, I mean, I'm thinking, okay, we need to wrap up, and I still want to like talk about this.
0: Um, one, well, I think with Miyazaki, especially, um, his parents didn't do anything to instill any kind of discipline in him. Yeah. I mean, he was peeking on his sister when she was like, Stop, stop watching me take a bath. He brutally beats her and smashes her head to the bathtub, and no one does anything about it. And that yeah. was even before he committed any murders. Mm-hmm.
2: And before that even happened, I mean, there, there should have been plenty of yeah.
0: There should have been something,
2: mm-hmm.
0: right? So, and that goes back to was the
1: grandfather was still alive when those things happened, right? Uh, when or the not?
0: grandfather died is pretty much when he completely. So lost he, that's it. when he did that to his mm-hmm. sister and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay. That was still. His grandfather died three months. Before he committed any murders.
1: Well, I was just thinking when he did that to his sister, if his grandfather was still alive, what he would have said. Right. And so, yeah, he must not have still been alive at that mm-hmm. point because that would
0: have reflected
2: mm-hmm.
1: very badly on
0: him with his grandfather. Mm-hmm. But and then, th- and then his mom's like, stop watching so many videos, go like get a job or something. And then he beats her mm-hmm. again again. No one does anything about that.
1: Yeah. But how did she say it?
0: <laughs> did she just say, so, go get a job? Probably, stop watching so many videos and go get a job. <laughs> get off your butt.
1: <laughs> Quit holding down the couch. Either,
0: you know, I don't really think it matters how she said it. I think he needed to stop watching those videos and go get a job.
2: <laughs> so I, I wonder if... Um, he lived in the face of disgust all the time. So he he would wake up wake up in the morning and get the disgust of his, uh, just receive the feeling of disgust from his family mm-hmm. like constantly. Yeah. And what what kind of what kind of what does that do to a man? Mm-hmm. Just constantly waking up and well, y- you're you're you feel unshapely and you're you're not receiving any sort of uh, care or nurturing. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Well,
0: especially born, I think born with a deformity, mm-hmm. and then being rejected by everyone except for one person, yeah, and then that one person dies, mm-hmm. and I think
1: that's a really big deal because they talk about that in babies who are not mm-hmm. um, touched and hugged and all that, you know, that they turn out not so well.
0: Yeah, they disassociate, and so then they they don't build any kind of bonding, mm-hmm. and if they don't bond with a the mother, then they don't bond with anybody ever. So, I don't know.
1: I mean, that would be a whole study you would have to do, because I'm thinking of this other guy now. I don't know any of his background when he was younger.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, he wasn't very old, probably when this happened. But this
2: other guy just got—he just got away with murder, and oh, then, yeah. and then once he was done with, I was like, "All right, I got away with murder. I'll turn myself in."
0: Well, <laughs> I think yeah,
1: was I've lived he my, was my life,
0: it, and yeah, exactly. I think it was more when it was very clear that. We know it was you. We have the DNA to prove it. Mm-hmm. And there was nothing he could do about it. Yeah. He'd already lived his 46 years out there. and It's like, I might as well go get three meals a day. Yeah. Might as well not have did to it. worry about it. Might do this. Yeah.
1: I do wonder if he had a family. There's so many things I wonder about this guy. Yeah. Might have to do some more research. Hmm. But I think that they would have said more about his family if he had a wife and kids. Mm-hmm. Being 77, I'm sure his parents were not there anymore. Mm-hmm. It's all very fascinating and we yeah. did dive deep on our first episode mm-hmm. back <laughs> brandon you are a great asset to our do we like murder podcast my goodness
0: <laughs> also he was all like i'm not gonna say anything and look at you now
3: <laughs> <laughs> anyway the whole episode
2: <laughs>
0: welcome we got brandon.
3: You hugs <laughs> Yeah.
2: Well, I'm, I'm all for um, uh, trying to save even the worst of us. So.
1: And we just like to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And talk about stupid criminals and people who fall for stupid things. Mm-hmm. Don't get in the car with a stranger.
0: I don't think we can blame the children on that, though. There are four, no. five exactly. years old cannot blame Someone the was being Just chalk nice. up the children
2: being stupid. <laughs> you
0: know, some guy was being nice to them. They yeah. They look for the good in people all mm-hmm. the time.
2: That's that's very sweet, but um if the parents aren't telling their uh, I mean they kids, should absolutely
0: be telling their kids. Oh yeah. Yeah. Don't so don't talk to strangers, don't get in a car. But have you not watched
1: the program where they put these kids in these situations and the parents are watching? And the parents have clearly told them not mm-hmm. to talk to strangers, and
0: they're still like, <laughs> and they do,
1: they do it.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. Maybe explain to the kid what could possibly happen.
1: Hmm. Stranger danger. Yeah.
2: Give them a few um, easy readers of "Do We Like Murder."
1: <laughs> we, yeah we need to start
0: writing children's books <laughs> so
1: that's really interesting though because it's all it always comes down to that same mom it's not gonna happen to me mm-hmm. or you know it's it's not gonna happen i'm like that's why they call them accidents mm-hmm. because you don't plan for them to happen yeah they just do <laughs> so mm-hmm. anyway All right, we could go on forever, so we should probably wrap up for today.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, you've been listening to Do We Like Murder? Segment of the Long Overdue Podcast, brought to you from the Decatur Public Library. Until next time. (laughs) Bye.